I think it's important we establish the catechism of Georgia Georgia Tech right off the bat for the yes. Georgia fan. First off, Tech lies and cheats. You always have to know that. <laughs> yes. Second off, Jasper was down. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you let those two things be your guiding principle, you'll be okay with the Georgia Georgia Tech game. And so it begins. The week of Thanksgiving, for the most part, is about coming together, reuniting with family and friends from near and far, and football. But as Tony just referenced, around these parts, it's also the week of good, clean, old-fashioned hate between Georgia and Georgia Tech. There's often two sides to every argument, whether it be about political views, uh, baking or frying the turkey, I'd vote for fried, and whether or not Tech cheats and lies, which is pretty much a given. For the most part, Georgia has dominated this rivalry. Can you call it a rivalry when one school wins 13 out of 15 meetings? guess it depends on who you ask. But come Saturday, the 110th meeting of the Dogs and the Jackets will commence between the hedges, and there is no debate. Despite our confidence, UGA better be ready because a loss to Tech always ranks as one of the toughest to endure. Hey there, my name is Scott Duvall, and you are listening to Episode 70 of the Waitin' Since Last Saturday podcast. My co-hosts, Tony Waller and Will Leach, are both here with me. That's right, Will is not traveling this week and is here with us in studio. We're glad to have him back. And before I forget, we have another episode for you this week on Thanksgiving Day, where we'll dive into some of the things that the three of us are doing for Thanksgiving, and we'll make our picks on all of the rivalry games for this last weekend of the college football season. So I hope you enjoy this show and look forward to our episode tomorrow. Let's get started. Hey, Will. I'm back. I'm well, sorry. We should, we should let him drive the bus. No, yeah. I don't want to drive the bus. I've been listening to the show, and you've done a killer job driving the bus. It makes me feel embarrassed that I ever thought I could drive the bus. I think the bus should be driven by you. Okay. Well, I think it's important we establish the catechism of Georgia Georgia Tech right off the bat for the yes. Georgia fan. First off, Tech lies and cheats. You always have to know that. <laughs> yes. Second off, Jasper was down. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you let those two things be your guiding principle, you'll be okay with the Georgia George Tech game. And they're nerds, right? That's the other thing that you guys are all into. Well, they they outsource their cheerleaders and some of their band members too. Yes. Maybe not the band members, but yes. they definitely outsource their cheerleaders. Well, certainly from what I always hear, again, you know, I am I am still new to this, all of this. But isn't the idea that any like all any guys looking to like try to meet women would always at Georgia Tech would always come here. That's like the, the thing, right? Tech, they, they or tech, they would just leave campus, or they go to Agnes Scott. They would go to Georgia State, but they were certainly not doing it at Georgia Tech. No, they were not doing right, it right. at Georgia Tech. Here's my favorite part, and, and I'll, we we may get to Scott. Usually has a list of seventy things he wants to talk about and doesn't let me answer them. But my favorite part about this game, year in year out, is watching the hopefulness of Tech fans. I've had I've had a lot of great Georgia Tech memories over the over the years, but none of them were as good as was it thirteen with the Todd Gurley. Overtime game. They were up by 20 points. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. <laughs> they were, you could see the fans. I was standing there in, in uh, Bobby Dodd, Mark Rickfield, and it was glorious. They all thought they were going to win until there was a moment, collective moment, somewhere in the fourth quarter where they realized they weren't going to win. And it was just like there was hope, and then there wasn't, and it was beautiful. No, not to get dark, but it's only been a couple of years now since – an unfortunate moment for Georgia. Well, I mean, we'd like to think of it that we've won 13 out of 15. Right. Yeah. So right. we're looking at it more of a macro view, not right. micro. The thing that was frustrating about that game, too, just to be brief on it, is I felt like that was, of course, Georgia Tech's a great year. And I still yes. thought Georgia was a better team in that game. Like that yes. game, like Georgia did get that weird play where they, they ran all the way back from the one. But it really did not strike me that Georgia Tech overpowered Georgia in any way, shape, or form in that game, even though it was a disappointing year for Georgia and a very exciting year for Georgia Tech. 
Well, I think the important thing to remember is we can count to four, and mm-hmm. uh, Georgia Tech quarterbacks can't. Yes. So um, well, I think we can leave it at that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to get into the 2014 game because I have some bad – <laughs> Very visible memories. Were you bringing in some of that yeah. negative juju, man? Yeah, I was taking, I was taking pictures. Were you really? with Eighteen seconds left, and you know, bad, bad. bad so it's your fault. Bad mojo it has yeah. nothing to do with bad. Defensive I was tweeting play. pictures. I was Instagramming pictures. Yeah, but that would have been happening if they'd have been down seventy-five. Eighteen seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Doing Snapchat, dude. No, Snapchat's what it would have done. Snapchat just makes it go away. So like it didn't happen. What we want to do today is it is officially hate week. It's good, clean, old-fashioned hate week. And people mess that line up. It kind of grinds my gears a little bit. You'll even read it in the AJC every now and then. It's clean, old-fashioned hate. Right. But it's good, clean, old-fashioned hate. Okay. Whatever. Maybe Maybe we're all wrong. But it is tech week, hate week, whatever you want to call it. And Tony and Will... And myself, we're all back together. We have the band back together. We haven't been able to do this in probably six weeks. Yeah, which is my it's fault. Been a, been a while. But that's okay, yeah, how, because fault. I've watched your show. and It's totally not worth it, and I understand that, but nevertheless. <laughs> how dare you go cover good, uh, you know, the national elections I do. in the NFL. But it yeah. was cool to be able to get call-ins from all kinds of different sporting mm-hmm. events, from Jacobs Field. And, mm-hmm. yeah, is it still Jacobs Field? I uh, keep calling progressive it. Field. Progressive Same, field. yeah. And the <laughs> Garden, I was very excited about the Garden, the Massimo Garden. Madison Square have, Garden. Have you guys been to Massimo Garden? Have you guys ever been? I have. I've walked by. Yeah, it is one of my favorite places in the world. It's, it's to a great see place. To is it across from Penn Station? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We we talked about actually the one time I went there. Yeah, would have right, been the right. Big East SEC Challenge. Uh, let's say it was 2010. Um, St. John's. St. John's. Yeah. Uh, Kentucky and UConn played, and then Georgia played St. John's. It's right up from the Cardinals Bar, right? Yeah, right down like, from yeah, maybe up from two Foles. three blocks. Yep. Right. And um, it's funny because you know I when I lived there, I lived not very far from Barclays, and Barclays was the hot new yeah. thing. It had yeah. all the fancy Brooklyn food, and was it was you know, Jay Z and really expensive. But, but the basketball's not locally. The basketball's sourced. crappy. It's not locally sourced. Yeah, it's not locally sourced. It's not free range. Um, and and frankly, it's too. It's very Brooklyn now. It's very it's too nice in the bad way. Too yes, and yes. it's just like it feels like you're watching. Watching a stage play and like the seats are all dark, so like and the lights are all on the court, so it feels yeah. like you are in an auditorium. Huh. Uh, it feels as if you are Mike Pence being booed by the cast. Of I Hamlet. knew that was coming. I was waiting and, for that. Um, <laughs> for the record, for what it's worth, for what it's worth, just to be very clear, this I would not boo. The vice, the vice president. president. No. Well, first off, I understand the it, sentiment. It wasn't the cast do. that booed him. It was the people. That's true. That's patrons. correct. The cast. The, the fact, cast the, just lectured him. The cast was, in fact, <laughs> I, I think the cast was actually very respectful. Oh, I thought it was and, incredibly uh, respectful. Yeah. But emotions uh, are still raw. But we're going to move on that very quickly. The point is, is that the garden is going to. It's still after all the excitement of Barclays. The garden absolutely kills Barclays. You got. It's go. an incredible arena. You got to go. You it's just go incredible arena. Yeah. It is, and basketball is not like football or baseball. I'm sorry, Scott. We're having an interesting. I mean, it's side Georgia product. Tech Week. Hold on, jerseys, jersey. We'll talk about jerseys in a minute. Yeah, let's yeah, just, yeah. Let's yeah, talk yeah, about. I'm not. I've not actually heard your thoughts yet. Well, you, you, you must not have listened to today's episode where I kind of got into it a little bit. But uh, no, I loved. I was on today's episode. Man, we are helter skelter today, but I like that. I like that. I love the black jerseys. I, it was the fourth time Georgia's ever won it. And it How, what's Georgia's record him. playing? Play, wearing the black jerseys. What three and one? Okay, I want to make sure because everything I've heard until last week was, you know, will Georgia finally win when wearing the black jerseys? No, that wasn't coming from me. No, no, of course not. no it was we, from we people outside of this little circle of right. safety. And yeah, so make sure to put them on a list, and they will never be invited to be on our podcast. Okay. Having said that, I love the black jerseys, but and I was a, 
I got there 30 minutes before kickoff. I was there, you know, with the kids before. This, again, it's not surprising. Before you were there, I was. I, I, my first Snapchat of the day was as I was walking down the aisle of 118, and ACDC Back in Black was playing, and I was showing all my kids, and my wife wasn't really that interested, but you know, I was like, "Look, there they are." It's almost like there it is, there right. it is, the Great Pumpkin. You know, the it's like Linus. <laughs> were were the there. kids sharing your enthusiasm? Yeah. Okay. I mean, maybe, maybe <laughs> I'll take not, that as a kind of. May, kind of, sort of. I was a little bit disappointed. But here, it, it hit me. It was a cool flyover again. Mm-hmm. I, like I said, I wish we'd have one every week. I love the C-130. I wish it was the gunship, you know, going I, over. I don't, I don't think the gunship's the right scene. <laughs> no, no. I, all told, I will prefer the big warship rather than the... Yeah, I, the I like two F-16s? One. Yeah, I like this one. Oh, I like the F-16s and Afterburners. I love those old... <gasps> oh, that would be two. That would have been awesome. Yeah. So... And then it hit me. And then it hit me. I saw University of Louisiana Lafayette kind of run out, and I didn't recognize. You know, they didn't. They don't have some traditional look about them. In fact, they were wearing an alternate. Were they really? I just happened to know that they were wearing an alternate (laughs) uniform of all white. Okay, if you're if you're listening at home, pause and raise your hand if you actually believe that because that's so true. It is true. (laughs) It is true because they wear red helmets with the raging Cajun. But it, it hit me. It was a noon kickoff. I looked around. And the students weren't there. The 600 level was basically shouldn't even been built for this game. And I, I kind of paused and I was like, look, this is not the time or the place. I would have preferred that we just had scrapped the black jerseys this year rather than just kind of roll them out there just to appease people like me. Now, I, I think well, it should be I, I reserved think, for a night game, for an SEC night game. I don't well, care which SEC right. team. Wasn't the idea, and Tony, help me on this, but I feel like wasn't part of the idea is there'd been such a drumbeat for so long by people like Scott to do the black uniforms that he's finally like, you know what? It looks good. Fine. I, I liked it too. It looks great. But like, I think part of the idea was to kind of get rid of the mystique of them a little Maybe. bit. Maybe. That was and exactly right. If that and, was the reason, then fine. They've washed yeah. it, and then they can... Added into a very well, we don't have a good game next year at home. Well, if, if you think of it, if hard. you think of it this way, okay, I, I get the idea of okay, you save them for tech, but then what if you? I mean, of the two games left in the schedule, one of them is possibly losable, and we'll get to tech in a little bit. One of them is it's un, almost nearly unfathomable to lose. So, if you're going to wear them this year, you wear them the losing. No, I, I get the sentiment. You I don't. Do. You, I mean, first off, you don't need as much juice. Second off, it's uh, I think that's probably right. You you are demystifying them a little bit. Chances are next year South Carolina will be a three thirty or five or seven o'clock kickoff. Wear them for South Carolina. But see, did you see when Kirby talked about it in his press conference? I will confess, and I am on your side on this, Scott. Good. He, he was doing his best not to roll his eyes. Oh, I know. Oh, yes. That's and, why I'm not in there asking questions. <laughs> like, he really thought – and for the record, I, I think it's abs- – no, for what it's worth, that was a very reasonable question to ask him. Yeah, like, that's so. a big deal. I think it's something that fans care about. I think it certainly makes sense. But clearly, <laughs> it's obviously not something that he cares about at all. And so he's clearly just trying to do a a – fine, I'll do it so this won't be a thing. And if that's your mindset about it, which is – I, I have to say, I probably lean closer to yours, to be honest, Scott. But certainly, if, you, if your mind says that, like, I just want people to leave me alone about this, let's get it over with. Right. It was the perfect game to do. Well, I mean, as far as, uh, and this will serve as a nice segue to get us back to tech. Yeah, let's get he on. He certainly to- got bigger fish to fry. There we go. I'm, I'm, I'm over it. I'm, I'm appeased. Yeah. I've been appeased. It. Right. That was the goal. You know, I'd like to see it next time kind of put in a rotation, maybe right. every other year, right. but just save it for something when it would actually kind of right. give the juice that it's. Warranty. A night game makes sense, like just logically. Yeah, yeah, something like that. So on to tech. This Saturday at high noon, 
the 110th meeting. Did you know that? It's 110. 110th meeting all time. Now, don't they? Doesn't Tech claim differently? Like most? Oh, schools? I'm sure it's, they yeah. don't. They don't count somewhere. You know, they had. They had people or something. I don't know. They also claim like four national championships. They don't actually have. Oh, they right. do. They, yeah, yeah, even that yeah. one they split with Colorado. Yeah. Thanks, uh, Notre why, Dame. Why are you gonna get me fired up so early? Well, I've, just, I've said That's thanks, Notre Dame. Right? Is that ninety-one? Ninety-one. That's the year. Ninety. That's the year that yeah. Illinois beat Colorado yes. and tied Georgia Tech. <clears throat> but, yes. But yes. Tony, I was saying, I was kind of giving the the shrug to Notre Dame. Uh, thanks for the thanks Notre Dame. What the Phantom uh, clip or yeah, something? Yeah, like something like that. Yeah, Rocket Ishmael took it back and yeah. Um, so Georgia's favored by four points. Georgia has a sixty-five. 40 and 5 records. And we beat them 25 more times than they've even thought about beating us. The one craw, if I'm using this grammatically correct, that sticks in people's no, the one issue that sticks in your craw. The one issue the one that craw sticks that gets stuck in your whatever. In people's craw. There's stuff in the stuff. Is the craw is the is the fact that 2 years ago that Georgia could have pushed the streak to tie Georgia Tech's all-time yes. streak of eight. Georgia has only reached seven, so it's kind of like we have to start over again. So we're at two yeah. right now. Well, I mean, look, this game, as it relates to fo- Georgia football history, is incredible, right? We've retired a lineman's jersey. Does Will know this? Yeah, so mm-hmm. Georgia only has four line- four jerseys right. retired, right? right. right? Uh, Trippy Sinkwich, um, Herschel. Herschel, and the guy by the name of Theron Sapp, because he ended the drought, which was Tech's eight-game right, streak right, in the 50s. Right, right, right. And the reason we have a home stadium is because Georgia Tech got so good that we used to literally they would take the train over and the depot at the time was down the hill down down back behind where the end where Indigo is mm. now that's where the train station was where Athens Community Center mm. for the aging is right okay. that was the train station so teams would come into Athens and they would walk up the hill well they literally watered. All the way there and watered the field to slow tech down because that's how I mean that that's that's what happened and tech refused and it was like players got beat down on the way up the hill as they should have and that is the, so tech refused to play Georgia in Athens for a long time until they decided to build Sanford Stadium I mean that was one of the impetuses for building an on campus a true on campus stadium so that they would have a place to play football full time Wow that is that is a fantastic story and some of it's true. Yeah, sure. I was thinking of the topography from where you're explaining it. it is uphill it's and straight this uphill. Downhill. It's straight uphill. After that. Yeah, I mean, you got to go all the way. I mean, from. You got to get to the library. So, so, pe- so just so people understand where we're talking about, Scott and I understand where we're talking about. This is where TK Hardy's was. This is where, uh, was it the depot that was down there? TK Hardy's. Uh, um, oh, there was another place, um, whatever it was down there. The down Sugar there. Bowl? No, Sugar Bowl was up uh, on Washington Street. Kind of shame that I know that too, but um, <laughs> but but I mean, it's you guys it's, it's hundred and it's easy one hundred twenty feet change in elevation. Yeah, right. It feels like it at least, especially yeah. when you're walking up that hill at two in the morning. So um, not that I've done that, of course, but um, that's that's one of the reasons Georgia okay. has a stadium. So that's how that's how important this this rivalry is. I mean, it it's not just bragging rights in the state. Uh, for the longest time, it had implications both uh, both in you know. Placements for the Sugar Bowl, placements for the Orange Bowl, placements for other bowl games. Right. You know, because there was a time where Georgia and Georgia Tech were actually really good. Um, I mean, Georgia Tech was a pretty decent football team. Yeah. I, mean, they, but, I mean, they've got a good history. I mean, right. that's all. Well, one of the reasons I'm a Georgia fan is is Georgia Tech was so good in the 50s, and my dad's best friend was a huge Georgia Tech fan. And my dad is a contrarian by nature, 
he became a Georgia fan yeah. just to be a contrarian. And, Oof. you know, that's, there you go. I mean, now I'm a Georgia fan right, because right. he he was a Georgia fan. Would someone now be a Georgia Tech fan to be a contrarian? No, no one ever. No ass. one is ever a Georgia Tech fan <laughs> to be a contrarian. Oh, well, you know, it's fun, funnily enough, I actually had a Georgia Tech hat in in high school that I that I wore fairly regularly because I thought they were cute. Um, I had no <laughs> like, intention. Like of the way that I was briefly into the Smurfs. I think that's right. That's a, very good that's analogy. a great analogy. That's a, that's a great analogy. analogy. So speaking of snurfs, we're going to talk about the B-backs now. Uh, JJ Green is at Georgia Tech. And is that segue? Does that get segue? That's a great no, segue. A great segue. He hasn't done much. No, he's only run for 100 yards, 150 yards or whatever. But Keith Marshall's season. brother. Yeah. Uh, hold on. I, I Marcus. Marcus. There you go. Marcus Marshall. Yeah, he actually had a huge game last week against Virginia. So I, I guess now it's a good time for us to talk about what Georgia Tech does. All Georgia's defensive linemen should wear knee braces. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. people in the backfield should wear knee braces. Yes. Just for good measure, uh, maybe some of the band should wear a knee brace. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will be wearing And, and why think, should they wear a knee brace? Well, because Tech lies and cheats. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, they're, they're known for their cut-blocking schemes. Uh, if you're going to the game, uh, you're a Georgia fan, you should wear a knee brace because – I'm not saying grandmothers will chop block you, but grandmothers right. will chop block you. So you should be careful. <laughs> I wouldn't think that you're going to see that many tech fans in Athens because no. they, they don't even sell out half of their what's own stadium. What's it like? You were there last year. What's it like? What's it's the percentage Georgia, Georgia Tech? 45% uh, Georgia. And Bobby Dodd. 55%. And Bobby Dodd. Oh, yeah. It's close to 50. It was probably closer to 50 50. Yeah, it was probably closer to 50 50 from where I could see. But, you know, it was um, <laughs> the, the game that they won before they fired their coach. Right. <laughs> that is, right, that is, right. That is, shows the devotion of the fan bases that this nightmare season where they right. fired the coach the next day. I mean, still got it, I, we're not facing this Hobson's choice this year, um, but there's going to come a time in the very near future where we're facing the Hobson's choice of, we don't let Paul Johnson win one of these games. He's going to get fired. Yeah. <laughs> That's and, right. and no, no, under no circumstances. I'm going to take the short-term gain every time, but something that is a future. If you're, if you are still a blogger, is that a thing? If you're still a blogger, um, that's that's one of those future my columns later because yeah, it's yeah. going to happen. Well, Paul Johnson did a good job of rallying in the midseason to get to the same record that Georgia is at, so you don't have to worry about that with a loss here. I'm glad because I think – look, a lot of people will tell you that Paul Johnson's offense is exactly what you need at Georgia Tech. I don't necessarily buy that. I think Georgia Tech, being in downtown Atlanta, what they offer academically – in the recruiting place they are, that if you get a coach who devotes him, if you get a coach in a program, and we'll get to the program part in a second, you get a coach who devotes himself to, to recruiting the way other programs in the ACC and mm-hmm. the programs in the SEC recruit, and then you also get the program support behind that coach, they could be a real threat to Georgia. Uh, they could be a real threat to everybody because you know that's what they were in the 90s. That's what they were in that late 80s when Atlanta was really becoming a burgeoning hotspot of not just locally grown talent, but folks moving from, from the North. And is, with, there, is there an aspect where it's, that's like Miami in the idea that like, this is a school that should be great, but the, but the problem with Miami is they don't have a massive fan base. Neither does tech. That's what I'm saying. That, that, like, is there a similarity in that regard? Like theoretically Miami obviously can recruit really well, but the fan base is not always going to follow them. We have two structural differences. The first, and this is probably the most important is tech has an on campus stadium. Right, uh, a right, dedicated right, stadium, right, right. so students can literally stagger from their dorms right. over to um, over to there. The second off is that as cool a town as Atlanta is, there's not the other attractions as there are in Miami. Yes. There, you know, it's in especially if you're a student at Tech. Right. If you come to Georgia Tech as a student, you're not coming for the social scene in Atlanta. I mean, it's an ancillary bonus. Right, right. 
if you're going to Miami, it is because a lot of times, I mean, they have they have some very good programs, mm-hmm. but a lot of times it's because it's you have South Beach and you right. or you really like going to the Everglades or the, right. the Keys or Bahamas or I, I don't know Hollywood Casino, or you just love the accounting program. You love the accounting program uh, or Cuban food. So you know, I, I think I think the analogy is probably a little closer to. Um, yeah, I mean, not even SMU, but I mean, maybe Houston. I guess yeah. is a good way of putting yeah. it. Because, but Houston does not does not play in the ACC, right? right and right. they don't they don't actually they can't actually schedule. They can't they can't bring in Clemson and FSU in Miami. I mean, you know, we're just talking about Miami name programs. I mean, you know, nine nine times out of ten, a home game for Houston involves some team out of a. A, a mid-tier right, American right, city, right. or you know, it's a it's a CUSA program. Right. So or Louisville, or or Louisville. <laughs> yes. Um. So okay, my last question before we actually get into game stuff, I'm always curious about is because again, I joked about the nerd thing, and I've made this joke in this podcast before. It's always a little baffling. No, it, you can keep joking. Yeah, but the thing I don't really understand, I don't really understand the joke. Because Georgia is a really good school, oh. and so that's the thing. This I goes always, back to the mid '90s. Before. I'll, fall, yeah. I'll fall on the sword. Okay, yeah. There was a time where Georgia and Georgia Tech academically were very different. Yeah, right. They were very much separated. And this is it the Hope Scholarship. Oh, it's completely yeah. Hope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, when I got into Georgia, and and you know, by no means am I saying anything about about my Georgia degree. When I got into Georgia, you know, Georgia was it was a good school, wasn't a great a- academic school, right? I would never get into Georgia with the. I mean, I had the grades for it in high school, but I certainly had, didn't have the SAT for it. While Georgia Tech's academically is still harder to get into the Georgia, the the separation both at, at subjective and objective rankings is not as wide as it used to be. Um, and and that, I, that, that's what I've always found baffling about the right, nerd thing. Right, it's like right, Georgia's right, like right, a pretty good school, right. guys. Like, but for but for fifty years, like even Illinois is wary of doing that to Northwestern, and Northwestern is objectively a much better school than Illinois. But we still have like have enough pride because Illinois is a good school too right. that we don't really feel like oh you guys are nerds because right. we're like hey we're we're kind of nerds too. Right. And for me that seems kind of strange for Georgia. Not that people of Georgia are nerds to any stretch of the imagination, but it's a good school, and it seems odd to look at Georgia Tech, which frankly I don't think of as at the level ever really as Northwestern was no. to think of them as nerdy. No, but but like this Wake think, Forest, I, think of it, Duke. But it comes nerdy. from the engineering thing too. Yeah, and I think I think the most appropriate way to describe it to you, we would have to do it off the air. <laughs> okay. I, I think I think what my I think what my friend is trying to say is that a partying school is that, is, that a, um, yeah. is that there was a time where the typical Georgia Tech student did not go out, mm. did not do anything other than worry himself. And I say himself very it's, deliberately it's, yes, yes. Um, with calculus, differential equations, mm-hmm. thermodynamics, and frankly, and this is this is not me talking. This is kind of like the big picture stuff talking. You know, end up married to somebody looking for MRS degree, strictly looking for MRS degree. I don't right. think that's the case anymore. I mean, I think Georgia right. Tech is a different school, uh, but Georgia fans would get uh, old habits die hard. Old habits die hard. Georgia fans would would call them nerds. Really, really, for the reason that their quarterback can't count to four, and uh, <laughs> that's a way to bring it back. Yes, so. yes, we've come full circle. On that note, the quarterback this year is Justin Thomas. He missed some time against Virginia Tech, and his backup Matthew Jordan stepped in and helped them rally and beat the Hokies in Blacksburg. And then you know the Hokies are what three losses all year? Uh, I don't know. Whatever they some, are, that sounds pretty good. They just beat Notre Dame. Yeah, that was um, that's why I was hoping this was not going to be a noon game because George because they won that game. Yeah, the, the noon the noon it's tough it's because a, it's a bummer, man. You know, I, I'm sitting here wondering like the Egg Bowl 
is on at 3.30. And those teams are horrible. Yeah, We've got two winning football programs here, but I think it has to do with the fact that it's SEC, ACC, and yeah. like Tony said last week, there's a lot of uh, TV tie-ins with SEC uh, network right. and everything, and they don't want to put, they'd rather put their own on. Yeah, it's just a bummer. ACC like, team. even like, for the record, the entire country is going to be watching Ohio State, Michigan. <laughs> uh, on no one's watching this game. <laughs> well, if you look at it that way, that makes a lot of sense why George George takes on at noon because you're not burning. You're right. essentially burning inventory uh, for a game between two seven and the seven prob- fourteen. The problem is that the Egg Bowl's at, but the Egg Bowl's crappy this year. The Egg Bowl's not very good this the, year. The Egg Bowl always burn had that the, game. The Egg Bowl always has potential to break out in a fight <laughs> or a trailer park fire or. Now, no. now, now, Mississippi State or Ole Miss would call Georgia or Georgia Tech nerds. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Either school, actually. Yeah. Um, Definitely. But yeah, get, but get back to Georgia. Uh, Georgia Tech, Virginia Tech. Virginia just played an abysmal game. They had they struggled so much on third down. That game, it, it really wasn't defense. It was just they their offense sputtered on third down. It almost looked like Tyrod Taylor was still the quarterback there. Um, and you know, but that take nothing away for Georgia Tech. I mean, they they won a game that they probably shouldn't have won. But that is uh, this it it does provide an interesting contrast to what you think we're going to see when you look at what how we played the past couple of weeks. You think okay, this is it, you take out you take out uh, Louisiana's last two drives. They yeah, uh, and, and people are making a lot out of that. I I had gotten home. Right in time to see those last two scores, and it was it was against a bunch of defensive players I hadn't even heard of right, right. this year, and I do a even podcast. younger than our normal players. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But you know, I think I think the point a lot of people make is like, well, even George Second String should do better than that. Yeah, I, I, I'm not going to argue with that. Um, yeah, but well, I, Kirby Kirby would argue. He said that we they played pretty terrible. Yeah, but frankly, post Nickel State this year, I am not going to say no. That. Under no <laughs> circumstances would I. So you know, I think I think when you think sit down and look at this, you have to think Georgia Tech's going to have to do some things differently, particularly on third down. They are real bad about getting out of. Um, if you if you hold them on first down, oh, your goal. they are in right. such trouble. If you put them in a situation where they're looking at second and nine or third and seven, they're in such trouble. And that's that's not really coach analysis, but this year even it's even worse than it normally is. Because I mean, it's it's like Princeton in college basketball. The idea that like, or like yes. yeah, you short that's, that's great. Yeah, you totally shorten up the game. Yeah, it's like almost a four corners idea, and therefore as long like the idea like you see this in Wisconsin college basketball, a Wisconsin six point lead, a Wisconsin six point <laughs> deficit is like an eighteen point deficit for any other team. That's right, and I think that's what what it seems to be with Georgia Tech is yeah. that if you get a lead on them, they just don't have the capability to come back they're 125th in passing right that says it all right there they average about 128 yards passing a game yeah and yeah they, they just don't have the horses right. there is no calvin johnson there's right. no who's it Dem- Paul Thomas. Paul Oliver. so um mm-hmm. but you know they the, the and i think that's an important uh, important point that kind of gets to one of my first keys is that once again if you're looking at this game for high score and you're looking at the wrong game, I mean, I made the, I don't know if I said it out loud or if I said it maybe just to Wayne at the ball game. It's like, this game could be two hours and 45 minutes. Yeah. Tech's going to run the ball a bunch. We're going to run the ball a bunch. I mean, we could literally look up this thing coming out of halftime and it'd be 115. And we're like, oh my God, this is yeah. really happening because no one, Tech, all Tech can do is run the ball. Yeah. 
if we establish the run at all, we're going to run the ball just as much as we can because if we're okay with this game being a 10-point game and us having a 15 to 17-point time of possession advantage because that means we have utterly controlled them. So I guess the next thing is, is the goal of this game, obviously the goal is to win, but like I feel like a, if a loss, if something goes wrong in uh-huh. this game, and listen, I don't even think it has to be Georgia playing horribly or Georgia. Like, Georgia Tech is the type of team that can win games just because of one weird play. Yeah. And Two years ago, perfect yeah, example. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, I thought we were forgetting about that. Right. And uh, I'm the one that brought it up, and I feel guilty enough. So, to me, if that happens, do we feel – because one of the very pleasant things here is we've had this nice little uptick after a pretty dark period. Oh, are you asking how we feel about the season? If they lose. I think it's back to post Vanderbilt. Really? really? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I, I think that could, or, you know, Florida even. I mean, when we were, what, hanging around the I, four and four mark. I, watch. You watch. It'll happen. No, no, no. I, I think it depends on how we lose. Look, if we go out there and look awful and tech just runs, tech goes off for 295 yards right, of right. rushing and we look like we can't, we couldn't stop a peewee team. Right. Yeah, I agree with that. If we go out there and lose because. But that would be a regression. Like that would be a that, that's not a, right. that's a regression, right. right? If we go out there and we play good defense and we play good and enough overtime. offense, we play good enough offense and we have a tipped pass that's returned for an interception right. and we have another fumble that's returned for a touchdown, a tip pass returned for a, a TD, another fumble returned for a TD, and we lose by three. You know, I, I mean, that's. Yeah. I, I, you hate that. You think that's crap, but that's the breaks. Yeah, and the exciting thing about this year seems to be that the reason we all feel better is because not so much just that they beat Auburn, though obviously that helped, but the idea <laughs> that, that they, always is better. The idea that at, there was that point where early in the second half, uh, late in the first half against Kentucky, where you're like, "This thing is going oh off God, the this rails. This could go bad. Yeah. Like this is all falling apart. Like this is like it's like we're throwing out must champ. Everyone's all worried about." Kirby, and then they turn that around, and they get. I thought it was funny they keep showing the uh, Blankenship field goal against Kentucky in the pregame video. Yeah. That seems maybe. Yeah, I mean that was a nice win, but yeah. I think that's leveraging the Blankenship brand. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes. I, I, did you see the kid on the video board was wearing the <laughs> yes. helmet and the glasses? Yes, that was awesome. That. There was a kid yeah, video it was board actually pretty cool. It was pretty cool. Um, but so the point is, is that like think about where we are in that first half where everything's falling apart, and really everything since then has been encouraging. Like there really hasn't, I think there's been times where they haven't, not every play has gone perfectly, but generally speaking, it's all been encouraging as we talked about on the post game this week about how it's, it feels like the coaches are figuring out the team a little bit. Everyone's, uh, you know, Kirby's kind of getting his sea legs. The coaches are kind of figuring this all out. The thing I w- I'm looking for from this game is a bowl game, whatever, like a bowl game is anything. The thing I'm looking for for this one is one last finishing kick out of this progress that we've seen in the second half. I think that's a great way of putting it. If we show up, we play not not just competently, but also like we have a plan set up that that we know that we're better than Georgia Tech. Right, I mean, right. I don't know how else to put it. Right. right? You know that that okay. Well, I mean, earlier in the year, Georgia Tech was like DOA. They look completely listless. Did you go to the Nichols game? <laughs> I'm saying from a, it's not like they were some juggernaut right, all year. Right. But even I, I think at the end of, at the end of Vanderbilt, even where tech was, 
in my mind, losing attack was very much on the table. No, we could still lose attack. I mean, yeah. this is a 50 50 game when you look at advanced stats, you also look at other stats. It's a 50 50 mm-hmm. game. But there was a time it looked like a 65 There was a time when it was a 65 35 <laughs> right. game, right? right. Because, right. because we couldn't, right. oh gosh, we couldn't stop a car with good brakes. Yeah. And um, it was. It, so to, to I guess get get back to your your original question is that I think it wholly depends. You know, look if we come out, we play well, we work hard, we have a good game plan, we don't do crazy stuff like run McKenzie. Although that play came up again, yeah. uh, we run we run McKenzie. It worked this time because he gave it to Chubb. Right. Um, we right. run McKenzie on third and or fourth and again, three. Right? That's like I'm really glad you brought that up. It's weird that that play came up. again. Well, it's like I said. In the podcast a couple of weeks ago, that play is fine running the second quarter, yeah. which we ran it in the second quarter. But like, it just feels like they just got so much crap about that play. It's amazing that it's, they uh, that they even like wanted. It's not to that try great it. of a play. It's not a great enough play, and it's just like it's also kind of now a pretty notorious play. Well, that for failing twice in a row, <laughs> that's a great play if we have five potential All SEC players on the front <laughs> right. of the line. Right. We still struggle to move. Yeah. Louisiana off the ball. I mean, we did some. We did some. It didn't look like Nickel State, and that is absolutely damning praise. Um, <laughs> but so, you know, that I think we, you know, we look back on this game and decide that we, um, you know, if let's say we win this game seven three. Uh, which is not on the, we, not off the we table. We won last year thirteen to seven, right? It's not off the table. Beat Auburn right? thirteen to seven. Yeah. It's not off the table. I mean, this is, could be a seven three game. I'm not going to be disappointed if we had a game plan that we stuck to. We called a good game. Uh, the coaches called a good game, and the players put forth effort. I, because right now, to me, players putting forth forth effort, the coach is calling a good game, and us looking like we have some sort of plan that fits the the personnel we put on the field, that's all I'm looking for right now because what I'm looking for is that in 2017 or 18 when hopefully we have recruited to the point where we're not playing with a senior uh, a senior class nearly or mostly devoid of, of starters, um, the coaches know what they're doing with them and the team can rally. The team themselves can motivate uh, themselves to play well. Nice. That sounded bad, right? Maybe they can then win the Butch Jones Champions of Life trophy after that. Well, no. It, I mean, we're not talking about participation, but we're talking not, about the idea of this is a first-year coach. I know. That we need to hear the tra- – we just need to make sure the train is, in fact, on the tracks. Right. So we can have this We can have this discussion in four years from now where Butch Jones is right now <laughs> right. if we're looking at 7-5 and you know, looking for moral victories. We're first year of a, of a coach in a scheme where, let's be very clear – I love Mark Richt. We we have gone round and round the barn about whether he should have been fired or not fired. I don't think there's anything about the team we saw this year that makes me think Mark Rick would be coaching today. I just I, I that mean that is an interesting. I, I just don't think that. I yeah I think we had some structural things. I mean it's possible. It is possible we beat Vanderbilt. It's possible we beat Tennessee. And but but it's also it, possible we would have lost that North Carolina game. But is it, well, it's also possible that he would have won those two games, and people still would have won that advice. Right, the because because right. he didn't win the championship. The East is even worse this year than it yeah. was last, yeah. and I think that's something that people probably haven't talked about enough. And we still lost to Florida in an abysmal fashion. And I don't think there's anything about Mark Rick being here that would have changed the Florida game. Yeah. I think I th- I think you're right. I think you're right. I think that if anything, 
I, I listen. I still have my doubts about that move. Not entirely. I think I, I get it. I get but, it. But I, I, I still have some doubts about. It, but you are not wrong. If they would have had this year, but won the Tennessee and won the Vanderbilt games, they're still not winning the SEC East in the down year because Florida. They're they're still two down, right? I think they might have. No, because they're still two. Florida's going to have two losses in the SEC because they beat LSU. So they would have lost. They would have been tied with Florida, and and Florida would have beat. That's right. That's completely right. We still would have finished exactly where we finished last year. We would have, and we would be furious because we had another crappy game against Florida. We would have been furious because Florida would have stopped LSU on the one yard line. Yeah, yeah, but the point is, is that listen, it's funny. All the time we've done this podcast, we've gone through some tough losses. Right, gone through Alabama. It's your fault, obviously. I take full responsibility. Uh, I, everything you hear at Georgia was nothing but national championships until I showed up. Um, <laughs> but the, the Alabama loss was obviously terrible. The Tennessee loss was obviously difficult. But to me, the loss was Florida last year. Like that was the loss. That of course, was, it was. That was the something's got to change. Loss. Well, not just not just because it was to Florida. It was because we started a different quarterback right. and then didn't change the game plan and, and did right. zero different. Right. So um, I think you're I think you're exactly right, and I, I stand by that. I stand by the statement that even if we had beaten, um, even if we had beaten Tennessee and Vanderbilt under Mark Richt, I still think we're staring down instead of a nine and three coach, we're firing a ten and two coach. Yeah, and it's that much harder, and we all go through this again. And because I don't, and think maybe he, Kirby's taking the South Carolina. Oh yeah, job he, last year. Yeah, he, he would have done. That. <laughs> I think I think that's what forced yeah, McGarity's yeah. hand. Yeah, sure. So so. Um, and yeah, that's right. And you know, it's funny. These alternative histories are going to keep coming up until Georgia well, breaks through. Yeah, <laughs> until, until until Georgia puts several crystal footballs in Buzzfeed. Right. Or Kirby Smart gets fired. Like one of those two things. Or Mark Rick wins the national championship with Miami. <laughs> Not happening this year. Not happening this year. By the way, I love how much uh, I love how much the. Uh, how you liking? Hey, Georgia fans, how about Miami now when yeah. they went on their three well, three game slide? Yeah. It's like we've seen that before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Again, I, and I think I think he's going to win, or if not win the ACC, be a threat in the it's ACC. It's a great spot for him. It continues it's to be a great spot, spot for him. Right, right. So I guess we need to make some predictions and talk a little bit about the actual game. I'd like to do that instead of <laughs> waxing poetic about what ifs and what can. And, like like we entertained you about is, jerseys yeah. for a long time. <laughs> this is this kind of linear thinking. That's not, we're all we're having fun. Um, but uh, this is what the podcast is better when I'm not here because I just get this off on tangents. Um, <laughs> you ask smart questions and we give done answers. <laughs> or I do, at least. Let's hear y'all's thoughts on the game because what we're going to do, and this will either be edited out or it will be used as a way to kind of guide y'all into your listening pleasures. This week, but what we're Todd gonna Garlish do is on commercial. Sorry, yeah. okay. Uh, Have hey, you seen the commercial with him and, uh, and yes, uh, Jay Moore a million yes. times. Yes. We're watching him. the Georgia basketball game yes, right that's now. Worth doing. I actually kept wanting to say that that we were watching the Georgia George Washington game. Yes, don't tell us who wins because it's, it's yeah. Close. yeah you you haven't seen it. Don't, don't tell us. Don't tell us. See, I figured and, this whole and, thing and, out. And, and, I, and I want, we might not talk about this at all, but. Uh, but Hugh Durham and Dominique Wilkins mm-hmm. were inducted in the College Basketball Hall of Fame. Hugh Durham, of course, the greatest quote ever. Of you know. We have plenty of shooters. We need more makers. And uh, that's. So when more makers guy. is a often policy of this podcast. It's, as a, a matter of fact. it's the official policy of the podcast. <laughs> and, and then, of course, the last thing on that is I hope that this will be the thing that 
Um, I ongoing, there needs to be a statue of Dominique Wilkins outside Segment Coliseum. Preaching the choir, I, brother. I can't believe that doesn't happen. It's You have a legend of the sport that played for your school and lives in the state. And broadcast for the local team, for crying out loud. It's a little unfathomable that Dominique Wilkins is not embracing that way. But I agree. That's a larger discussion. So what I'd like to do now is I would like for all three of us to go ahead and give the picks for the Georgia-Georgia Tech game. Because for you listeners at home... We are going to cut this episode short after our picks, and then we're going to have an entirely new Thanksgiving episode for you where we're going to talk about the other games of interest of this week, some bowl projections, and probably a couple other Thanksgiving trivia or Thanksgiving cheer type questions. So, Tony, let's hear your assessment. I mean, we've kind of heard you kind of beat around the bush, but I want to hear the actual assessment of the Georgia Tech-Georgia game in a couple minutes or less. So I think the key to this game for Georgia is linebacker play. Getting Roquan uh, Roquan and Natra's Patrick back are going to be huge. Um, is Roquan Patrick Smith going to be out? Well, still don't know. He's still hurt. Uh, bad shoulder. But it's going to be huge. Uh, you know, I think our defensive line is going to be able to, to to stop those gaps. So they're going to be bumping a lot. They're going to be bumping out a lot outside runs, which means we're going to have to basically disrupt the mesh point on that. That those, those longer handoffs, the quick handoffs are going to happen, right? They're just going to read, read and react. The the longer handoffs are the ones where they bring a jet sweep or they bring, uh, and that's frankly where JJ Green is going to be involved. Uh, or or Justin Thomas is trying to make a pitch or keep um, decision. The one thing about this week's game that concerns me is that there were a couple times where we did that and we we got a little too aggressive. We didn't we didn't stay home. Um, Jennings was able to to break off seven, eight, nine, ten yard runs. Those are twenty yard runs right. with tech. Regardless, so we we have to play really disciplined on on, on offense. Frankly, I think we're going to have the most boring game plan we've had. Um, I think we're going to line up. We're going to do a lot of the same stuff we saw out of both the eye and uh, pistol and shotgun, where we're going to do everything we can to bump Chubb outside and Michelle outside, um, and we're going to use that to set up the the tight end pass. I mean, this game very much could look like 1950s football. Yeah. Um, the tight end pass or – in a perfect case scenario, a perfect know, case scenario, the very t- deep pass where to, to or to to Nick Chubb down the middle. Or, right. <laughs> oh yeah, that was that that was. Let's take a moment. That was definitely the most erotic oh, play of the season. That was, was not borderline question. erotic. That was utterly erotic. That was um, that was the play we've been waiting for all year. Frankly, yeah, and frankly, I think the game's going to come down to a play like that. That Eason's going to have to make a play. But it's proven that he can do that. Uh, right. He's going to have to make a play downfield, whether it is one of those 25-yard outs that Godwin or McKenzie or whoever catches the ball. Um, and frankly, I think we will. I mean, this is a close game. I don't think there's any doubt that 13-7 is a likely outcome, but I think the Georgia, I think Georgia wins. Yeah, that's uh, First off, I have just out of practice, I need to say, okay, I'm here at Mackey Arena in West Lafayette, <laughs> Indiana. Uh, Why are you in West Lafayette? Let, let, let's talk Who about, have you made mad? Let's talk about the election for a second. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, okay, I'm actually here, so I can actually uh, make the make the call this week. Uh, live uh, from Scott Dome. <laughs> yeah, West Lafayette. You know, it's a uh, Purdue is is just on a roll. Matt, uh, Matt Painter. So, um, for me, I think the thing that you've touched on is very important. Is the thing that Georgia has that Georgia Tech doesn't have is ability to, if not regularly an actual ability to throw the ball downfield. And while 
clearly the thing that Georgia is going to need to continue to work on in the offensive line is is like is what's weird about this year is in two years the idea that we're going to completely concentrate in the run game and we'll just see if we need to use the pass is going to seem a little crazy because Easton's going to be a junior he's going to be tossing the ball uh, tossing the ball around he's going to be expecting to be doing that so uh, for me the thing that I like about this game the thing that makes me want to pick Georgia in this game is that that's the divider is the fact is even though Easton isn't Easton's arm is not the focal point of what Georgia's doing in this game that is the difference that's the thing that they have that Georgia Tech does not have. So I think even if Georgia gets in a situation where they are down, where the mistake that Georgia Tech is waiting on to happen happens, they still have the opportunity that Georgia Tech does not have of coming back. So I will I will take Georgia. I think it's more like 20 to 7, actually, in this game is where I'm going. So you went up by – you saw Tony's 13 points and, and raised, raised him a touchdown. Seven. I raised him 7. Well – I think that I had a Freudian slip earlier because I had, uh, if I if I recall, I said Georgia's won two in a row in this series, and we haven't. So maybe I'm go ahead. And, uh-huh. I'm in that one of those alternate universes. Yeah, I'm preach, brother. We've been, this is we've like been watching Doctor Strange. Exactly. We've so been dealing with all these know. alternate universes. So the the way I look about it, Tech fumbles a lot. They've had 23 fumbles on the season. They've lost 10 of them. Georgia has been very hawkish in the takeaway department this year. So I think that you're going to see maybe one, two, or three turnovers for our benefit. Now, the key is can you capitalize on it? I mean, remember remember those five turnovers we had against Missouri, and I think we got, what, zero points out of them all? Zero points. So that's going to be one of the big big telling things about it because Georgia Tech's going to lay the ball on the ground, and if Thomas is forced to pass, which I hope he is, he's not that accurate. He's throwing eight touchdowns all season and throwing for 1,290 yards. So I agree with both of y'all. There, there's there's only one way to really bake this cake. You know, it's it's ex- going to be exactly what y'all said. It's going to be a lot of uh, running for Georgia and trying to control the clock and keep Tech's offense off the field and then playing sound defense. I mean, it's, it's what pretty much, it, you know, a lot of people want to say that Georgia has a lot of freshmen and sophomores that haven't faced Tech, and that's true. But there's a lot of high schools that run this offense. I can even remember back 20 years ago when I was playing high school ball, you play your responsibilities. Yeah. You know, you got the pitch man or you got the quarterback or you got the dive. And I think with, with even though Kirby's only faced one one of these types of offenses, Georgia Southern, and they made a T-shirt about it. I'll bring that up again. Because um, <laughs> we went to overtime, y'all. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think they're going to be able to be just fine of coaching them up. You know, Tracy Rocker was here last year, Kevin Shear. Is, is a holdover, so they can help give Kirby some planning if, and Mel Tucker if they need it. So I think it's also a close one. I'm going to say 23-14, Georgia. All right. I want a little extra credit, by the way, for me and Tony, because uh, I was, of course, listening to what Scott was saying. You weren't well, listening. I was. 100%. But it was, but it was also a very exciting thing just happened. Uh, some stuff, in, just stuff was going down. In, in, the, in the Georgia. Georgia you should have yelled through it. It well, was all right. We were trying to so, delight. Just, just so you know where we are, uh, we just Georgia just went up on a OBB, right? OBB was yeah. shooting the free throw. Frazier made a very stupid shot. Right. And misses, and it looks like Walker. Yeah, Walker goes up and puts that up. Right. And then hits the free throw to pull it, go up by six. Oh, no, is, that, that's Harris? is that Harris? Uh, no, it's Diada. 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 Yep, awesome. Diada. Nice. Oh, Pape Diada. Pape. That's, that's awesome. So Georgia's up by six with yeah. 35 seconds left. Um so we got we were very excited. You there. get a stop here. That's uh, that's a pretty big win for Georgia in basketball. And so. the nice thing about that too is now they get they get the bonus game because we were talking about this earlier that this is the tournament where Kansas basically it's a it's a college basketball Hall of Fame right. tournament where Kansas it's Kansas home tournament yeah and so they get it's in Kansas City right. so Kansas gets to 
I'm assuming, assuming they, I think they played Drexel. Uh, UAB. UAB, sorry, you're right. And um, the wrong dragons. Actually, I had the <laughs> yeah, wrong uh, dragons. Yeah, Drexel dragons. Yeah. And um, so. Some hot, steamy. Oh, well, yes, again, this movie. Yes, exactly. <laughs> no, no Patriot League jokes. Um, but uh, that puts a situation where there's no downside <laughs> now to the Kansas game. No, like, like if you lose to Kansas, you can't, you're expected to lose to Kansas. And if you even keep it close against Kansas, I'm firm of the belief that the reason that Georgia made the tournament two years ago was not their resume. How they played against Kentucky. It's how they played against Kentucky. That's exactly and right. So anytime you get the opportunity to do that and be in the national stage, you have to pay, you have to, to appreciate the opportunity. Cool. So let's wrap this up and watch the rest of this game and then do a little more podcast. And what do you say, Scott? That sounds good. So stay tuned in a couple of days for our Thanksgiving, our special Thanksgiving WSLS Podcast Edition. And until then, go dogs. Go dogs. Go dogs. Thanks so much for listening. As I mentioned during the introduction, make sure to look out for our show on Thanksgiving morning for our special holiday edition. And if you're in Athens for the game and would like to hang out, I'm using air quotes, hang out afterwards, follow us on Twitter to find out where the three of us might be. This isn't some contest or scavenger hunt. We just haven't settled on where we'd like to meet up. That's pretty much it. But we are open to suggestions. To get in touch with us, our Twitter handle is at WSLS Podcast. And shameless plug here, if you can leave us an iTunes review between now and Thanksgiving morning, so you've got a little bit less than 24 hours, I'll read it out at the end of our next episode. Safe travels, go dogs, and we will see you on campus this Saturday and talk with you tomorrow. Take care. <laughs>